Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Um, so anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 started a series last week entitled, uh, cha- or two weeks ago, I guess now, uh, entitled Changed, and um, just really working through how we change as Christians. And so still uh, in somewhat of the introductory phase, if you want to call it that, um, right now, and just kind of wanting to get the series rolling, and I'm going to get into some more specifics the later that we go into the series, but I did want to mention that we've got a few more notebooks back there. If you were not able to get one last week, um, or you lost one this week, <laughs> then uh, you can grab some of those, and uh, they are uh, in boxes back there by the bookshelf, and so feel free to grab one of those. Um, if you started on your 90 days last week, that's great. Keep going. Keep plugging along. Um, if you want to start on it this week, uh, maybe once you get a notebook or whatever, um, feel free to do that. But let me encourage you, and I will encourage you uh, in this again towards the end of the lesson, and that is this, uh, that um, I want you to really do this as, uh, with a group um, and to try to find time to meet, um, even if it's just 20, 30 minutes, even if it's a FaceTime call uh, with someone, um, because I think that that's what makes it valuable and makes it last. And so uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But the Bible says this in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, a familiar verse, but it says in verse number 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's go ahead and read verse 18 to set some more context. And it says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to go back up and look at verse number 17 one more time. And let's read that out loud together. Verse number 17. Uh, ready, begin. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Behold, all things are become new. So here's what I want us to talk about for just the next couple minutes. Um, A simple lesson, but one that I think that we can take and apply to what we are getting ready to, to go into as a group and as a class, and that is this. What changes you? What changes you? Um... Let's pray and we'll, we'll dive into that. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you just for the chance to be in your house and in your word. God, I pray that you'd help, it not, help us not to take it for granted. And Lord, may, may we take all that is said here today, apply it to our hearts, and apply it to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Here lately, I have, uh, I guess, been thinking a lot about change. Um, there's a lot that is changing in our world. There's a lot that is changing uh, in our lives. Uh, it's interesting to me how just within the past two and a half years, uh, whatever we have experienced uh, has completely changed. I was in an airport uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was amazing just the things that have changed even in travel um, and how your flight patterns and uh, the way that people are, are kind of weird about masks and the way that people are, are kind of uh, still caught up in maybe even some of the COVID thing and how some states, like I flew out of Nashville and Nashville acts like COVID was not even a thing. And I flew into California and California definitely acts like, uh, acts like COVID is a thing. And so uh, it's just it, every place is different. So there's a lot of change that is occurring. 
politically we've changed as a country. Uh, uh, commercial, uh, commercially, some things have changed as far as cost goes. And the thing that we have to step back and understand is while the world continues to change, we as Christians, and we talked about this actually, I think by God's providence in 2019, would that have been when our theme was unmovable? I think so, yeah. I hope it wasn't 2020 because God knows that we were definitely movable during 2020, all right? But I think it was 2019, just by God's providence that we talked about being unmovable in such a movable world, or was it 2021? 21, 21. all right, yeah, I, I saw some of you like chattering, like, okay. So we did it after the fact. We became unmovable after, all right, okay? And uh, so anyways, but in such a moving society, we are still called to be steadfast and unmovable. And here's what I want you to see is in the midst of what seems like is really a catastrophic shift in our society and what seems like it is just this seismic change, we are called to have already been changed by the gospel that we believe. We are called to already be living changed lives. We are called not to change with the times, but to already have been changed by what we have experienced through Jesus Christ. And one of the questions that I've been pondering over and over again, kind of throughout this study and throughout what God is doing in my own personal life is this. What would it take to change you? What would it take to change you? Now, let me specify and maybe clarify that question. I'm not talking about what would it take to change you on some solid biblical doctrines. Those should be unchangeable in your life. You should have things that you believe because the Bible has taught you. Those are concrete. Those are settled. But what would it take to change maybe an attitude? What would it take to change a philosophy? What would it take to change your interaction with other people? What would it take to change maybe your passion? What would it take for you to change maybe your habits or, or how you interact with those around you or, or maybe your walk with God? What would it take to change you? Because here's what I believe that we're seeing as Christians. And I want you just to listen to uh, today is just a, a, a talk it out lesson, okay? But here's what I believe that we're seeing as Christians. We are seeing the world hunger for something that is settled. And yet many Christians seem to be drifting during this time to where they actually have the answer to everything that the world needs. The world is looking for stability, and we have that from the Word of God. The world is looking for steadfastness, and we're called to be that according to the Word of God. The world is not really, I know that there are some maybe who just relish in the fact that maybe evil is winning or whatever, but there's not a lot of people who are enjoying the changes that are taking place in society. So they're looking for something that is settled, something that is founded, something that is established. And you and I have that. And yet what I believe that many Christians are facing and struggling with is this. In a time to where the world is looking for answers from them, they are just as unsettled and unstable as anyone else. They are still searching. They are still seeking. They don't, they don't really know what change looks like in their life. They, they don't really know how to apply what they've been taught. Their households look no different than maybe the world's household. Their families look no different than the world's families. Their passions look no different than the world's passions. The other last night after we were coming home from the soccer game, or maybe it was on the way there, 
Um, we got a good deal on tickets, and we had told Braxton that we were going to go and we were going to watch a, a Nashville SC game. We've been talking about that for forever. Well, while we were there, we, we like ran into some like Titan super fan, and he gave, uh, gave the kids all these stickers, that, and it had like his Instagram name, on, Instagram handle on it, and Lauren was like, I don't really get that. And I was like, yeah, I think that like basically now, like, and like his T-shirt was actually a picture of him at Titan Stadium, and it was a picture of himself. Like it was like a <laughs> professional T-shirt of him at Titan. I'm like, this is like a whole nother level of being a fan. And so we were talking about it on the way home. I was like, some people, like, that's just all that they live for. Like, I, like you, they are spending thousands of dollars year in and year out to, to be at a stadium and to be on the front row and, and to be front and center. And the, the way that they were dressed obviously was, was very much like you could tell who they were fans of. And like even at a Nashville soccer game, they were on the way out. They're like, you coming to the Titans game tomorrow? You coming to the Titans game tomorrow? And like, I can't remember. I think it was Braxton. So we were there with the Dows and someone, he was like, you coming to the Titans game tomorrow? And Braxton's like, no, we're going to church. And it was like, yes, thank you, son. Okay. <laughs> But at the end of the day, there are people that their passions begin to show. I got to go to a playoff game with my father-in-law last year at Titan Stadium, and it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, and we sat with all the Bengals fans. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, these are people that just on a random weekend decided to drop thousands of dollars and come to Nashville and sit 10 rows back. Like, it's just a completely different passion. Their passion shows. And for you and I, you may not be spending thousands of dollars on maybe some passion or some hobby, but I can promise you this, our passion shows. Maybe it's a job. Maybe, maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's that you're caught up in your identity or, or in the way that you look on social media. Your passion shows to the world around you. And so what we must step back and ask ourselves is this. If the last two years have not changed us spiritually and given us a hunger for the things of God above the things of this world, what would it take to change you? In verse number 17, it's one of the most famous scriptures about salvation and how it changes you. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I want to give you quickly three things and, or three thoughts out of the Bible of what changes you. What does the Bible say that changes you? And here's what I want you to do with these. I want you to use them as an evaluation tool as well. I'm going to give you the way and the method of biblical change. But only you can diagnose the relationship that you have with these three areas. The first one is this. The Word of God changes you. The Word of God changes you. By the way, these are not going to be ground-shaking, but this is the reason why I'm doing this. It's because I want you to look inwardly and ask yourself, okay, am I being changed by the Word of God? The Word of God changes you. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Okay, It is a changing mechanism. It is something that is there for your good. So now let me ask you a question, okay? How many of you, and I don't want you to raise your hand, I just want you to think about it. How many of you read your Bible at some point this week? Just think about it. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Okay. How many of you read your Bible at some point this week? Okay. Now here's what I want you to think about. How many of you took something that you read out of God's Word this week and allowed it to change your day, your week? 
Maybe it was a promise that you say, you know what, I needed that for today. I needed to declare God's goodness. I needed to to declare God's faithfulness. I, I needed that in my life. That's a promise that I can claim that changes my day. Maybe it was something that you needed to change in your life. Maybe you read, be ye kind one to another, tender heart, forgiving one another. And you thought, you know what, I needed to offer someone some forgiveness today. I needed to show kindness to someone else as it's been shown to me. You see, the problem is not that our generation and the Christians of today don't read their Bible. The problem is that we don't allow the Bible to change us when we read it. We don't allow the Word of God to actually seep down into our our body and our soul and our spirit and to actually begin to live differently as a result of it. Sometimes we finish a reading plan on, on maybe a devotional app or, or on some sort of devotion that we're reading through. And we finish it and it's like, yay, I'm done. But we didn't really change anything about ourselves. Maybe we read through a devotional book or, or as we're going through 90 days and you read through the Psalms and you read through Proverbs and you read through the Gospels and you never take the Word of God and actually allow it to change you. I heard someone say one time that the Bible never promises to bless Bible readers, only Bible meditators. Meaning this, that we are not Bible week. We are Bible application week. We have failed to take this book and say, how can I live differently as a result of it? And just to show you that it's not, po- that it's not impossible, all of the top 10, 25, whatever book sales on Amazon right now, you go and you look at them. Most of them are some sort of self-help book, some, some sort of book where it's like, change your finances, change your world, change your health, change your life, Ch- change this, change whatever, all right? Like 10 ways that you can become a better leader, 20 ways that you can become a better ho- father, tw- 10 ways, that it's all, that's everything that's out there right now. And we get our little highlighters and we take those books and they're written by our favorite authors and, and we just, oh my goodness, that is just solid gold. That's just, it's just, that's where it is. That's exactly what I need. And like we circle it and we star it. And it's like, that's exactly what I need. Did you know that there is no life-changing principle found in a book that was not already founded in God's word? It might be illustrated differently. It, it might be applied a little bit differently, but there is no life-changing principle in this world that is not found in God's Word. Why? Because God's Word is the, is the change method that we as Christians have been given to change our life. So first of all, the Word of God changes you. Secondly, the Spirit of God changes you. The Spirit of God changes you. You may be sitting there and you say, okay, I read my Bible, but it doesn't feel like anything clicks. This is where the Spirit of God comes in. John 14 teaches us that the Spirit is a teacher. He's there to show us and to teach us all things, as as Jesus said to his disciples. But then Habakkuk says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord, meaning this. That if something is going to change in your life, it will be the result of the Spirit of God. And sometimes what we have a tendency of doing is that little small voice, still small voice that is in our hearts and in our souls that maybe nudges us to reach out to someone or or nudges us to hand out a gospel track or or pushes us to a verse or, or we listen to a sermon and the Holy Spirit of God just speaks to our heart. That voice sometimes is the very voice that we silence. 
when we say, oh, okay, yeah, I know I should probably turn off that TV show, but it's okay, everybody else watches it. Yeah, I, I know that I should probably give a gospel track to that person, but I'm just going to kind of silence that. And every time that we silence the Spirit of God in our life, and I want you to listen to this, we are also silencing the Spirit of change in our hearts. That, that little still small voice that is leading you to maybe separate from someone, as, we, as we've heard mentioned in our, our prayer request, okay? That little still small voice that is urging you to maybe reach out to a friend or a coworker, that little still small voice that is prompting you, every time that gets silenced and suppressed, what we are doing is we're silencing and we're suppressing the spirit of change that is available to us through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. And so God has not only given us his word as a written form of change, but he has given us his spirit as an internal method and an internal mechanism to allow us to be changed. As we walk through class, I can't remember how many times that I've walked through an airport and sometimes my wife even says, she's like, sometimes like in church or like if you're just listening or whatever, she's like, you look like rude, like you look mean. And so sometimes like I'll be walking through an airport and, and when I'm thinking about something, I always lock my jaws. Like I'm, I'm always bouncing them out. And it's just normally, it's a habit, but it kind of gives me this like gruff look. And so like I'll be walking through an airport with my backpack and as many of you know, I have AirPods on. I actually almost posted a picture on my story or whatever when I was on the flights. My AirPods went dead like an hour into the trip, okay? And I left them in so that I would not have to talk to anybody. Like, I, like it was not, I was not feeling super friendly. And so anyways, I, because I, um, I know that I joke about, with, about that with our class all the time. But I, I remember walking to the airport and I was like, man, I need to smile. Like airports are not the place where, and so like I'll smile at someone and they're like, why is, like, like kind of like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, why is he so happy, okay? But there's been times where the Spirit of God, like I'll be maybe on a mission here at the church and I'm walking, I'm booking it across the parking lot or whatever, and I'll walk by someone and I'll look at them and I'll think like, oh, I probably need to have a more joyful look on my face. That's the Spirit of God. Just this past week, I was running out the door to go do something, and there was, someone, there was one of our staff members walking across the parking lot and knew some things were going on, and the Spirit of God said, you need to ask him about that. And I literally had this 10-second conversation with the Holy Spirit. I was like, Lord, you don't know that, you know I don't have time for that. Like you, like, and you know that they're going to go into some big detail. And I don't really know. And so I was like, hey, how's it? And I'm like, well, here we go. Like, and it, but the, but the Lord worked it out. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, I'm running late. Here's why. I know that that was not a good excuse, but I know it's what the Lord told me to do. That's the spirit of God changing you. And every time that you respond correctly to the spirit of God, I want you to listen to this. You're responding to the change that comes from God. But every time you silence that, you're silencing that same change. And then the last thing that I want you to see is this, that the people of God change you. The people of God change you. I want you to think about any change that you've experienced in the last two years. Any positive change that you've experienced in your life in the last two years. Most of the time, it is accompanied with someone in your life coming alongside of you. Maybe someone pointing something out. Hey, you need to get this right. Hey, you need to maybe talk this out with someone. Hey, you need to start saving money because I'm watching you blow all yours, okay? 
Maybe it's an accountability partner. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's a message. Maybe, maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a mentorship. Maybe it's something. God has given us other people around us to encourage change. But yet many of us, here's what we have done. We have created superficial friendships that really do not lead us to change. We're friends because we like the same sports team, or we're friends because we work in the same location, or we serve in the same ministry, or whatever, and there's really no change that is offered. There are people in my life that right now I know that I could call and I could say, hey, I've got this going on, I've got this going on, here's where this is, what am I missing? What am I blind to? I'm thankful that I can have conversations like that with my wife to where I can say, this is how I feel, tell me where that's wrong. Tell, tell, me, tell me what I'm missing. And for some of us, we have so put on these blinders to where I'm the only one that's right. That if anyone were to actually speak something helpful into our life, if the Word of God showed us anything, if the Spirit of God said any, kind of prompted us on anything, or if someone came alongside of us and said, hey, I think you're missing this, we have so put on blinders to where we think we're the only ones who have it figured out that we would look at them and be like, how dare they? How dare they say anything about that? They know how I feel about them. They know how, well, I guess they're dead to me. Like, they've tried to, they've tried to help me in my life, and now I just have nothing to say to them, okay? That is a horrible way to live the Christian life. If you read through, I don't, I don't necessarily want you to turn to any verse, okay? I want you just to listen. If you read through the book of Acts, after the ascension of Jesus Christ. There are people constantly throughout that book that are working with other people of God to lead them into change. Peter is confronted by Paul at one point. John and Peter work together. Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas was the son of consolation. Paul and Barnabas split because of a disagreement about who should go on a certain trip. And later on in the epistles, we find that Paul writes and he says that the, the person that they split over was profitable to the ministry. So he changes his mind. I can promise you this, that if the Apostle Paul needed to change his mind on some people and some relationships, we probably do too. We probably need to step back and say, this is maybe not as it seems. And if you are going to be a light and a testimony to the changing world around you, it will be because you have already been changed by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, and by the people of God that God has placed around you. And so with that Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at FRBC underscore Crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.